Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part five of this very special interview with Jeff Lewis on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We pick up right now where we left off last week. And what's really important about that is that Article five specifically states that once two thirds of the states make the request, it is Congress that calls the convention. And the person who calls the convention is the one who governs how that convention will be run. Uh, And That is really the key. These people of the Convention of States are saying that if you have the delegation or the states call for a convention, that they can decide how the convention is run. That's absolutely not true, because the Constitution doesn't say that. It says that Congress will call the convention on the application of the states, and Congress is empowered to do whatever is proper and necessary to... Uh, to do the things that it is required to do by the Constitution. So if you look at that logic, it's very clear that if two-thirds of the states say, we want a convention, and and no matter why their reason is, it then turns over to Congress to say, okay, we are required to call this convention, and we are then able to determine exactly how the convention will be formed how it how its votes will be taken, and what can and cannot come out of it. So this notion from the COS people that whatever the states say is is got to be the way it is is completely untrue. So, and again, uh, one of the important things for me is in this whole convention of states arguments is, you know, when you call a, con- a, a constitutional convention, it's only been done once before, and that was in 1787. And you know the history there. The, the, the Articles of Confederation were not working out really well, and the Continental Congress said, okay, we're going to call a con- the, the, the colonies wanted to call a convention to amend the Articles of Confederation so they would work correctly. And the rule was very specific. 
13 colonies out of 13 had to agree to any changes, otherwise there'd be no change at all. So what did they do? They got together, 12 out of 13 colonies, because Rhode Island wouldn't even come, and 12 out of 13 colonies got together, they completely threw out the Articles of Confederation, rewrote the Constitution, changed the method of ratification so that it only took nine out of 13 to ratify the Constitution, and bingo, we get a brand new Constitution. Now, you know that George Soros and his friends want the new state's uh, Constitution to be adopted. They've been pushing for that for decades. Okay, Doc, I printed out that the debate I just did in Yorktown uh, with Convention of States, a list of over 360 organizations that are supporting uh, movetoamend.org. Movetoamend.org. And on the left-hand side at the top, you'll see MTA. And you, you click on MTA, which is short for Move to Amend, and, and there's, a, there's a list of all the organizations that are supporting the left's uh, big push to trigger an Article 5 convention. The, the elitists that are supported by Soros on the left and the AstroTurf support from the Koch brothers on the right are both salivating and dangling whatever carrots they need to get people on, on both sides of the aisle to help trigger an Article 5 convention. But like you said, you know, this, the, the, the debate over who controls it, well, actually, the, the Constitution controls it. And both the states and the federal government have a, have a role. But the, the Convention of States crowd and ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, are appealing to the state legislators. And the whole reason they, they branded this as Convention of States is to try and convince and appeal to state legislators that they are going to have all the control over this convention and what comes out of it. But if you read the uh, congressional hearings, uh, Congressional Research Service, CRS reports on uh, legal issues surrounding Article 5 and the historical perspectives on an Article 5 uh, convention, um, also a CRS report, both of which came out in 2012, uh, you'll see that the state legislatures and the Convention of States have a different idea of who's going to control everything about the convention than what Congress has. And it really doesn't matter. This is one of those rabbit holes that uh, our, our strategy at Patriot Coalition is to, to not go down. Is because it's asking the wrong questions, so the answer don't matter because the convention is not the solution because they've identified the wrong problem. But if you just want to look at the mechanics of the convention and who's going to control it, there are, uh, as far as the sunset is from the sunrise, differences of opinion as to whether Congress is going to have the bulk of the authority and control or the states are. Uh, So it's opening up uh, Pandora's box of legal challenges and court challenges, just fighting over control of the convention and the amendment process. Well, actually, the the group that does advise Congress uh, on, on things of this nature has stated that the most probable... Uh, the most probable convention um, protocol will be to have it like the Electoral College, which would basically mean that the large states like California, New York, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, and, and whatever, would actually control 
uh, what happens in an Article Five con- convention called by Congress. And as a result, you can see right away what what possibly could come out of that. So and that's me- the apportionment issue, and you're, you're right. And that's another area of deceptive marketing by the Convention of States and ALEC, wherein if you look in the, uh, the ALEC Article 5 handbook, Professor Rob Nelson from the Independence Institute and Nick Dranius from the Goldwater Institute, they all talk about, and, pro- and this, this propaganda that's targeted specifically at legislators, that initially it would be one state, one vote, but that that could change. And that's what they're talking about, the changing is to apportioning it like our, our, uh, our congressman, like North Carolina's got 13, uh, Alaska's got one, because it's based on population, that it could be apportioned and not be one state, one vote, and uh, that could drastically uh, change the outcome of both the convention and uh, could sway Congress to do like they did with the 21st Amendment and not send it back to the state legislatures, which are now over half are controlled by Republicans, but actually apportion it by calling for conventions in the states <laughs> such that... Uh, the large blue states and metropolitan areas uh, that are predominantly Democrat or socialist progressives um, would would have more influence over the votes at conventions as well. And then they're telling the public, oh, no, it's just one state, one vote. Don't worry about it. So they're telling the, the legislators one thing about the apportionment of votes at the convention and telling the public something else. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. The conclusion of this interview right after this. Well, that's uh, that's really what's going on here. We have a massive uh, campaign of disinformation uh, that is um, that is being foisted upon us by you know the usual arrogant elitists with with tons and tons of money, the George Soros's of the world, who, who really want to control everything uh, for their own wealth and for their own benefit. So when I look at this, you use a very good term, and that is Pandora's box. Uh, if a convention of states is called, it is opening Pandora's box. So I look at it, uh, this, and, and, and let's kind of uh, wind down this interview in, in talking about these alternatives we have uh, the conventions, what is going to be safest for us? In other words, a convention of states, as far as I'm concerned, is completely and totally unsafe. It is, a, it is an alternative that really, yeah, uh, is there an upside, you know, 1% maybe, 2% maybe. There is, however, pretty much uh, of a huge negative risk. Uh, first of all, because the Constitution does not need to be amended. And the reason it doesn't need to be amended, because we've talked about why it doesn't need to be amended. Second of all, amending it would do no good since the government just ignores it anyway. So for those reasons, plus the absolute uh, risk of having uh, a convention call that could throw out the whole Constitution, to me, that's about a 99% risk 
of calling a convention of states. So what are our other alternatives? And that's, uh, I'll give you a few minutes, just what are the other alternatives? What can we do as citizens, as constitutional citizens, what can we do to try to regain our freedoms? Well, uh, uh, a quick comment first. What you just said is right. And the way we phrase it, it's like playing Russian roulette with the Constitution, except instead of only one bullet chambered, there's only one chamber empty. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the, yeah. And, and the benefits, there are no benefits um, uh, to amending the Constitution via an Article 5 convention that even come close to outweighing the risk. Right. And if we the people would educate ourselves. I ask people all the time at, 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 at speaking with us um, a simple question. How many articles are in the Constitution? They're out there waving their flags and got their constitutional posters and all, got their pocket constitutions, and 90% of them can't answer that simplest of questions. How many articles are there? And if you can't answer that question, you've not done enough, you've not spent enough time reading it. You don't know what's in it if you can't even tell me how many there are. But, and the simple answer is there's seven. God gave us one for every day of the week. If you need to get your nose into you to spend more time reading the employee handbook, which is the Constitution and Bill of Rights and the subsequent amendments, <laughs> so that when you're vetting candidates, you know what questions to ask and you know what answers they should be giving back. We have a bad habit of asking feel-good questions of candidates. So how do you feel about this? And how do you feel about that? I went to a, a, a candidate forum um, <clears throat> at a Pitt County Courthouse in the last cycle, and I sat there and I recorded it. So the video is available if folks want to see it. Um, I listened to people asking these feel-good questions and these candidates giving feel-good answers for over an hour, and I thought, I can't take this no more. And I, got, I got up and said, okay, it's time to chime in. And I told them, I said, I don't care how you feel about anything. I, I certainly want you to have a, you know, intelligence and, and a moral you know, fiber and some character in it. But I care about one thing. Will you keep your oath? Because if you keep your eyes, the rest of these issues will will work themselves out. And until we're willing to elect people that understand what our rights are, understand where they come from, understand the, the limited government and our constitutional republic, and then when they get into office, they actually fight. They don't just not vote for bad stuff. They fight against it. And we have to hold them accountable and stop rewarding bad behavior by our public servants. And sometimes we need to stand behind them, and sometimes we need to stand in front of our public servants to defend them against the rogue political apparatus. Uh, What they did in Colorado when the Senate Majority Leader, I think the Speaker of the House, got together to go after gun rights, Colorado has the ability to recall public servants. And they re- they did a recall and got rid of those scoundrels that had campaigned in support of the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment who are now trying to take it away from them. 
North Carolina needs to amend our Constitution to allow uh, recall and uh, voter referendums, ballot initiatives that are initiated by the citizenry. We need to have them not wait till the next election cycle to get rid of a scoundrel who's violating his oath. <laughs> we also need to, to attend city council meetings, county commissioner meetings. Uh, go to Raleigh. Go to the legislature. Get to know your state senator, your state rep, and don't go in there wringing your hands saying, oh, please, do your job. These people came to us and said, trust us to look out for your interest in government. And they took an oath that ended with, so help me God. We need to hold them to that. We need to remember the employer-employee relationship that we have with our public servants, and we the people are the boss, and they're our employees. What you've said, Jeff Lewis, is obviously true. And it really ultimately comes down to a failure of we the people to hold our legislators responsible for their acts and make sure that they are responsible to us as their employers and to guarantee that they uphold the law, the moral law, and the Constitution, to protect the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic is the oath they swear, and that's exactly what they need to do. Before we leave, Jeff Lewis of the Patriot Coalition, tell us the websites that you want us to look up. Okay. Um, TheIntolerableActs.org is the home for our model resolutions and model legislation, the Restoring Constitutional Governance Act. It's at TheIntolerableActs.org. We've got them for all 50 state legislatures. There's a model one for Congress, for your county commission, city council. Um, our general counsel and our Colorado director uh, have launched a project specifically dealing with the Article 5 issue. That's defend, not amend. Dot com. We have several project sites at the Fire Coalition that are in the left-hand sidebar at firecoalition.com. And the same is true of Patriot Coalition at patriotcoalition.com. Uh, your listeners want to contact me. My email address is jeff at patriotcoalition.com. We also have um, we've started uh, a twice-monthly radio show on the 11th and the 25th on Blog Talk Radio. And that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Patriot Watchdog, one word. Uh, the videos of our debates that we've had uh, on Article 5 are on my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Patriot Watchdog, one word. You can find me on Twitter, Patriot Watchdog. Um, we, we, we have to take a personal, active role in our government. And if we don't, we're going to lose everything. And we're going to have, we, we're going to, have to answer uh, to our maker for standing by and allowing despotism and tyranny uh, to prevail. And I said the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. We need to grow a backbone 
have a little faith in God, and he'll give us the courage to do what's right. Jeff he helps the founders, he'll help us, but we have to help ourselves, too. Well, Jeff Lewis, this has been an incredible interview. I'm re- it has been really an honor and a pleasure to talk with you, and I support the work that you're doing, and I know that my listeners will as well. Will as well. Um, get on your computers, go to these websites, join up, but most of all, get involved. You will have to answer to your maker, but before that, you're going to have to answer to your children. And That's if right. I'm around, you're going to have to answer to me. And you're going to have to answer to Jeff Lewis of the Patriot Coalition as well. Jeff, thank you very, very much. It's been a great interview. Thank you for being you, on Freedom Forum Radio. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Freedom.